This morning, then, we're, we're actually continuing on in our series. That's our main series for 2019 that we're calling uh, The Reset, which um, is, if you haven't been around, this is really just a series that, that, that's all about getting us realigned and recalibrated and reoriented to, to really the essence, the foundation of our faith and the mission of our faith that we find in the great commandment and the great commission. The great commandment tells us to love God with all of our heart and soul and mind and, and strength and to, to love others then as well. And, and then the great commission says to us, look, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, teaching that baptize in the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded. And we this year have just been walking through um, these two things. We haven't made it to the great com commission yet. We've been in the great commandment. We talked about loving God with our heart, loving God with our soul, loving God with our mind, loving God with our strength. And now we have been in this mode where we're talking about relationships, about this part, about loving others. And, and, and so we've, we've talked about, about loving um, the, the, our family. We've talked more specifically recently about loving the church. And if you weren't here a few weeks ago, Brandy uh, gave a message about, about encouraging one another, about, about this heartbeat for us as the church, as the people of God, to be a people who, who encourage one another, who build one another up in the faith. And, and then last week, Neil gave a message uh, on conflict, everyone's favorite thing, uh, right? I mean, it's the thing we all look forward to and love, but, but Neil gave us a message just about what does it mean? What does it look like for us to walk through hard things together? How do we do that? And so if, if you've missed any of those, I encourage you to go back to uh, uh, the website, edgeword.com, you can give those a listen, uh, and they will bless you. So uh, this week, I want to continue us uh, on that street, and we're going to continue talking about us, the church, uh, and about what does it mean for us to love one another? What does it mean to love one another? And so I want to invite you, if you can, uh, to stand with me. I want to pray for us this morning. Uh, I want to just invite the Lord to speak and to minister and, and, and to reveal himself. Yeah, does anybody want to hear God speak this morning? I'd say if, if you came this morning and you want to hear me speak, I'm going to fail you miserably, okay? But but like if God speaks to you, man, like our, our whole being can be changed. That's why we're here for him, amen? Okay, so, so I want to just pray and invite the Lord, and I want to just invite you then, I always do this when I pray, is just to invite the Lord yourself. You tell him, God, I want to hear from you this morning. God, I want to hear you speak me because God cares as much about what you have to say to him as he does about what I have to say to him. Okay, let's pray. God, thanks for this morning. Father, thank you for this time. Lord, this is a, a sacred time. This is a holy time. God, this is a, this is a blessing to be here in this place together right now. God, it is, a, it is an honor to come and gather in your presence with the people. God, as we come and we open up your word together this morning. Father, I just ask that you would speak, God, that you would minister to our hearts, to every single heart in this room. God, you're why we're here. Lord, you're, you're the tie that binds us, and, and God, you're the one that we need more than anything else that we need, God, whether we're aware of it or not, Lord, we need you, and God, we just invite you here this morning in this place, God, to speak to us, God, to challenge us, convict us, to mold us and shape us and conform us, God, to be like you. Would you just invite the Lord this morning and just tell him, God, I want to hear from you. Just tell him, God, would you speak to me this morning? God, come and speak. 
Lord, we need your word this morning. I confess, God, that, that there's not a single thing, Lord, that I can say in and of myself that can change anyone's heart or mind or minister to their spirit. But, God, by your spirit, God, you can. And so, Lord, would you just come and do that work that only you can do? God, thank you that you planned for us to be here. You put us here. And God, help us to grab hold of everything that you have for us in our time. Open up our ears to hear you. Open up our hearts to receive you. Have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can have a seat. <clears throat> Charlie Sims, ladies and gentlemen. No. Uh, so, so feel free to display, Charlie. You know. Uh, so, so, so we're talking about relationships, and specifically, we're, we're we're talking about the church, right? We're talking about about us. We're, we're, scripture refers to us as the family of God. In fact, the, the Bible actually goes so far as to call us brothers and sisters, which I think automatically means some things about the kind of relationship that we're meant to have and, and some of the ways by which we're meant to treat one another. Anybody have siblings growing up in this room? Yeah. If you have siblings, if you, if you grew up with siblings, you, you have a little bit of an understanding of, of what that might mean okay so like when i was growing up i'm one of 10 kids in my family big family uh me and my brothers we love to play together and we love to fight each other okay but 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 there was one thing that was fundamentally true growing up with my brothers i could fight my brother but no one else got to fight my brother you know what i'm saying like like i could fight i we could fist fight and knock each other I and mean, we, we did we had some fights like real punch but if anybody else tried to fight my brother you know what i'm saying like, then they had to fight me, too. Okay, so, so I, I think there's some of this wrapped up into this whole brothers and sisters family dynamic speech. But, but one of the things that we'll find is if you open up the New Testament and you just start to read through it, particularly when you read uh, the letters to the church, uh, what you'll find is, is 59 different one another's of Scripture that are specifically addressed to us, to the family of God, about, about God's intention, about God's heart, about God's design for us as his people and how we are meant to relate to one another, how we are, are, are meant to express the, the, the expression of what it's meant to be uh, in our relationship together. It says things like accept one another. It says things like encourage one another, to bear with one another. It says to spur one another on. It says to offer hospitality to one another. It tells us to forgive one another. It tells us to comfort one another. It tells us to, to pray for one another. It says to do good to one another. And there's, there's all kinds uh, of these. You can go, I'd encourage you just read through this. If you want, maybe I'll, I'll even just post them all online and you can kind of just sift through them all. But, but, but you'll find all these different expressions of God saying, look, be this to one another, do this for one another, treat one another in such a way. But more than any of all any other of the one another's, the one that comes through the most, the one that we see over and over again, and 15 of the 59 one another's is God saying, love one another. L love one another. You, family of God, love one another. Here's what Jesus said to his disciples and, and to us as the family of God. John chapter 13. This is verse 34 and 35. Can we put this up? And let's read this together. This is Jesus. Uh, a new command... I give you, love one another. Just as I have loved you, so you also must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Now, 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 Jesus, sometimes, I don't know if you've read the Gospels, but if you have, 
Jesus sometimes speaks in mysteries and parables, and, and you kind of got to sift through it. It's like, what's the point? What's Jesus really getting at? This is not one of those, okay? This is like Jesus being super obvious, okay? Really, really plain. Three times in these two verses, Jesus says to us, love one another, right? A new command I give you, love one another. As, as I have loved you, love one another. So the world will know that you are mine and you follow me, love one another. Jesus says to his followers, his church, his family, his sons and daughters, he says, listen, if you guys are going to be known for something as it pertains to your relationship to one another, it's going to be that you love one another. I, I think one of the things that I love about this is that, that Jesus actually commands it. Did you pick up on that? Like, like Jesus, like, I, I got a command. For, like, it's not like, hey, guys, I got an idea. See how this fits? You know what I'm saying? Try this on. The, the, here's a suggestion. Might work. Might be okay. Might be, might, might be a good thing. Maybe not. Maybe don't do it. Maybe, maybe don't try. Jesus like, no, no, no. This is how important this is, okay? This is how serious this is to God. This is how serious this is to Jesus. He's like, listen, church, this is a command that I'm going to give to you. Love one another. I, I think sometimes it's easy to just hear that or, or read that. And just sort of move on. You know what I'm saying? Because we're like, all right, cool, got it. Yeah, love each other. Good, Jesus. We're good? Yeah, good. Everybody good? Okay, team, right? Break. Let's just do it. Uh, the, the, the challenge for us, though, is, is what does that actually mean? Love is quite possibly the, the, the most misused and misunderstood word that we have in all of our vocabulary. Everyone uses it, but not everybody means the same thing when they do. Have you found that to be true? I, I mean, like, love can sort of mean, like, everything, and it can kind of almost mean nothing. I can both say, man, I love my wife, and I love these shoes. You know what I'm saying? Like, like and my wife and my shoes are not nearly the same, okay? Um, so, so, like, love has all these different meanings. If you Googled the word love, there would be 15 billion entries you would find. There's all kinds of thoughts and opinions about love. And, and really, you'd sort of think that with all the information we have on the subject, you'd be pretty good at it. I, I mean, like, like, there's so much information about love. Like, you just think that, that we as, as people, we as a culture, we, we would be experts in the field of love. The, the most common interpretation of love in our culture is something that, that C.S. Lewis uh, defined as the need love. And, and the way that, that he spoke about this was this idea that, that, that I have a need and I have a void in my life and I need you to fill it. Okay? That, that, that's this sort of Jerry Maguire, you complete me kind of idea. You hear about it a lot in music. You see it a lot uh, in film, particularly romantic comedies. Anybody like romantic comedies? I, I, like romantic comedies kill me because it's just the same story repackaged every time. And yet we're still sort of like, I wonder what happens. You know what I'm saying? It's like, look, the girl's from the city. She goes to the country. She didn't know that her old boyfriend was there. They're going to fall in love, right? Because she feels, realizes she needs him and he needs her. And, and they live happily ever after because that's how life works. You know what I'm saying? But, but we love that stuff, okay? Um, 
It's not that, okay? Um, uh, but, but the idea of the culture is like, I love you because I need you, and I love you because you love me, and I love you because you do th- these things for me. It's the kind of love that, that loves those that we deem as lovely and, and who benefit us in some kind of way, and ultimately then is dependent on how useful that other person is to us, and it ends when they stop satisfying and fulfilling our needs or when we find out that we don't have that much use for them and else who we think will fulfill our needs better and then we no longer need them or love them. Now, this isn't the way that God speaks about love. Imagine that. But, but, but here's what God's word says to us about love. This is 1 John chapter 4, 7 through 12. Listen to this. It says, Dear friends, speaking to us, let us love one another for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for sin. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Let me start this morning by just giving you what I believe from this verse in Scripture, uh, 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 maybe a, a decent, good working definition of love, okay? Um, you can write this down if you're somebody who likes to process and think through it. Love is, according to God, love is the supernatural, supernatural work of God in you that compels you to truthfully, faithfully, and selflessly act in the best interest of another for the glory of God. Love is the supernatural work of God in you that moves you, that compels you, that leads you into into truthfully and, and, and faithfully and selflessly acting in the best interest of someone else to the glory of God. Not just for what they want, not just for what they want you to do or what you want to do or just what you want, but what God wants. It's moving in that capacity for their sake. Okay, so, so let me talk about this a little bit. The, the, the first thing that, that, that we have to grab hold of is that love is supernatural. Okay, it, it is supernatural. I don't know if you know this or not, but we do not naturally love. Okay, we, we don't. We're not naturally loving. We're naturally selfish. That's what we are. And I've said this a lot from this stage, but just try it sometime. Like, like hang out with infants. Okay, like from the beginning, infant, their, their entire universe revolves around themselves. Okay, so like, like if you hang out with, a, with an infant, like what you get is like, hey, I'm hungry, I'm tired, I'm thirsty, I peed my pants, do something about it. Right, like, th- like that's it. Like I got a need and you better fill it. That, that, that's the, like, it's so, they're not like, hey, you know, can I wash some dishes? What do you need? Are you tired? Let me let you rest for a little. Do you, do you, you know what I'm saying? Are you hungry? You know what I'm saying? Oh, oh, you don't feel like getting up right? No, no, no. Why don't you sleep, mom? You, you've been awake for a lot of hours. They're like, oh, do it and do it now, right? And I will cry until you do. L- love is supernatural. And, and scripture tells us here, in he, he says that because love comes from God. 
this is that that's like a really big statement that I think sometimes we just read and we we gloss over because we've been in the church so long. We're like, well, yeah, of course, love comes from God. But but like this is huge because we live in a culture that that promotes the idea that that somehow love actually is something within ourselves. It's something that we feel. It's something that we do. It's something that we make. It's something that someone else does for us or gives to us, and, and ultimately, what, what what Scripture is saying, like, look, love is not something that you catch like a cold. It isn't something that you fall in and out of. It's not something that just happens. Love just comes from one place, from one source, and that source is God. And what it says to us is that love comes from God because God is love. God is love, and so 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 to understand love, we actually have to begin with the person of God and who he is because to know God is to know love. Now, now, now something we have to grab hold of here because we can make this mistake is to say, when we say that God is love, what we're not saying is love is God. Okay. Not, not, not love the way that we define. That's something that we really confuse. Um, even in the church, we get confused because where we start matters. And, and if we don't start with coming to God and his word and saying, God, Please reveal to me who you are, what you're like, and how you define love. Then we'll end up starting with our own self-defined concept of love. And then we allow that to be God. And so love just ends up being the result of how we were raised. It's just the result of the experiences that we've had in our lives with other people, with with the, what the culture has taught us, academia, other places, wh- whatever. But, but in the end, we become the final arbiter and filter for what love is. Love is, God is love. And, and, and to put that in reverse, if we start from the other side, then ultimately love starts with me. And I hope I find God in that. Or I hope that my understanding of love leads me into this place of God. But God is love. And so to understand that, that love, we have to know God. That that's our first pursuit. Okay? If, if we miss that, we miss really everything about love. Because to really want to have love, to know love, to experience love, we have to start with the person of God. Because as John wrote, love comes from God. The Apostle Paul wrote in Romans 5, 5, he says that God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. That, that love comes from God via his spirit and God pours out that love. You didn't have that love before. That, that's a supernatural work of God that has to change. We don't make love happen. God makes love happen. So, so, so a really important starting place for us then when it comes to love is love is not first something you do. Love is something you first Love isn't something you first make happen. Love is something that God makes happen when you receive from him. And then the, the evidence then, right? And of course that's true, right? First, because like we can't give what we don't have. So, 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 if, so if you have to receive it somehow, it's got to come from somewhere because you can't give it if you don't got it. And the evidence then of, of what, what scripture says to us here is that once we have received God's love is the response of receiving that love is that we in turn love one another. Okay. For, for in first John four nineteen, it, it says that we love because he first loved us. Our love is a response to being loved. 
okay? It, you're, you're loved this morning. That, that's the good news, okay? The good news of the gospel is you are already loved, okay? We're not like, we don't come together so we can be loved. We, we're already loved, and we get to express that love to one another because we already have it. Does that make sense? Okay, so, so it's only when we miss this then that we spend our lives trying to find love, trying to find it in other relationships, trying to find it in other things. And, and some of us here, look, if we're honest, we've been completely heartbroken and devastated because of this, because we're trying to make someone or something else other than God the source of our love. And, and when we do that, that leaves us unfulfilled at best, and at worst, it leaves us completely empty and crushed and broken. What happens when we receive God's love and we allow him to fill us is then we don't have a need to go and fill up from someone else. That's not where we go for the source of our love. Our love need is already met. Our love need is met by God. So now we're actually just free to do what he's asked us to do. God enables us. He gives us the means by which we're able to live out the command because he provides all the love. Look at verses 11 and 12, 1 John. It says, Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Our, our love for one another, again, we're saying our love for one another, church, is the evidence by which we have received God's love for ourselves. In fact, when you go on in 1 John uh, 4, verses 20 and 21, it says, listen, whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister, we're talking about us, is a liar. Okay? Ouch. All right? Th th that one stings a little bit. But whoever says, look, I love God, but I don't love my brothers and sisters, that, then God says, you're a liar. For whoever does not love their brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not. And he speaking about Jesus, has given us this command. We just read it from John chapter 13. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. God's word says to us that you cannot say you love him and not in turn love your brothers and sisters. You can't love the fam not love the family of God and say you love the Father. Now, notice something else in this passage in, in 1 John 4 chapter 9. It actually says, for God showed his love. In this way, God showed his love to us. And, and uh, the other thing that, that scripture is revealing to us is, is that, hey, just so you know, love is an action, okay? Like, like love does some things. L love's not just this feeling that you feel, you know, that where you feel great. It, it's not just the words that we say, but, but love is an action. It's active, right? God showed us his love. He put it on display. I, I, when I say, I don't just say to my wife, hey babe, I love you. And, and then I do nothing to show that or nothing to express that, right? I don't tell my kids, hey guys, I love you. I'll see you when you graduate high school, right? But don't worry, daddy loves you in my heart, right? Like, but, but, but that we get into that kind of place, right? Like, like love is this thing we say, it's this thing that we feel, but more than that, love is something that we that's what God does. He doesn't just say, hey, God, I love you. I just want you to know. He doesn't write it in Scripture and just say, hey, so you know, I love you. It says, no, no, God then shows us his love by which he does. He comes into our humanity and he offers his life up for us on a cross for our redemption, that we might know him and be saved, that we, we might walk in his love forever. 
How do we do that? Right? So, so, so if we have the love of God, like, like what does that look like? How, how do we love one another? One of, I think, the best passages that speaks to this is found in Romans chapter 12. And this comes after the Apostle Paul has written 11 chapters on, on the gospel, 11 chapters on what God has done for us about the redeeming and saving work of God, about sin and righteousness and justification, all these amazing things that the gospel has done, that, the, that Christ has done for us. And in chapter 12, he turns his attention to us to the church. He says, now I got some things I want to say to you about you, okay, that in response to this gospel are meant to be true of you. And he says this in, in uh, Romans chapter 12, verses 9 and 10. He says, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. And there's some more after that. For the sake of our time this morning, I'm going to focus on this right here that I gave you. Love moves us. Love compels us. Love leads us to truthfully and faithfully and selflessly. Right? Acting in the best interest. Loving one another to the glory of God. And that's what this is saying to us here. It's saying that love is true. Okay? Love is committed. Love is sacrificial. And maybe that sounds a little bit like Jesus. When you think about Jesus, when I think about Jesus, I think Jesus is true and Jesus is faithful and Jesus certainly is selfless and sacrificial. And then guess what? He invites us to be like he is. And so, so I want to break this down for us a little bit uh, and just talk about it. But as I do, what I, what I want to invite you to do is really just to consider yourself. Okay. But like, like, Allow this word of God just to be something that, that you allow God to just sort of do a work in you to, to kind of evaluate your own heart before God. Some, something that's easy for us to do, especially when we talk about like commands of God, right? It's like it, we really easily think about other people. It's like, right? Like God's like, look, love one another. But I'm like Mike and Jim and Sally and Susie, they don't. You know what I'm saying? Like, like we just have this tendency to like put other people in the place of what Scripture is speaking to us. But the primary uh, purpose of Scripture is not for us to use to critique other people. It's so that the Word of God can evaluate and correct us. Amen? So like it's for me. It's for my heart and my life before God. So, so we're going to start with ourselves. And, and here's what it says. The first thing, how, how do we love one another? We love truthfully. If you have your notes in the line, how do we love? We love truthfully. Okay, it says that love must be sincere. That word uh, for sincere here means without hypocrisy. And the picture in the Greek is, is of the mask that they would use, that actors on a stage would use when they would perform a play, when they were pretending to be something they actually were not. And, and so, so to be sincere, it, it means to be genuine. It means to be honest. It means to be true. This means not being two-faced. That means that, that I'm the same way to you in your presence that I am when I'm not. Okay, like, like the thing, the way that I am with you is the same that I am when I'm not with you. The way that I talk to you is the same that I talk about you. When I'm, I'm not this way with you and then I talk about you some other kind of way. It's loving one another by being authentic and honest. And this means that people actually really know you. Okay, like, like not just about you. We're, we're all good at that, right? Like, hey, this is, this is Bob. He's. You know, my name's Bob. I work in an office. I, you know, I like the bachelorette. 
and I, you know, eat lots of donuts, right? And we're like, oh, that's Bob, you know? And, and that, like, that's not, that's not the real you, you know? That's like some stuff you do, but that's not the real, the, the real you is like, 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 what are your dreams and your passions and your hurts and, and, your, and the, your struggles and your hardships? Where are the places where God's molding you and shaping you and the things that God's after? Like, like who is that real you? Do, do your brothers and sisters in Christ really know you? Or do they just kind of know about you? Are, are, are you honest? Are you sincere? Or, or, or if you're honest, would you be more like the one wearing the mask, pretending to be someone you're not. See, 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 far too often our relationships in the church are just like most relationships in the world, where they're just kind of superficial and fake, and everybody just pretends, and everybody's just good and fine, and everything's just okay, right? But you don't really know anybody, and nobody really knows you, and whatever that is, what the Bible says is that's not love. That's something other. Because love is genuine true. This is what the Apostle John says in 1 John 5. He says, this is the message we heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. I find that to be really interesting. If we walk in the light, if we're, if we're open and confessional, right? Like it's not just that it means that I'm connected to God. It means that I'm able to be connected to you. One of the things I think that we miss when we talk about sin is that sin does not only disconnect us from a relationship with God. It doesn't just separate us here. It separates us here. And, and the invitation of God is like, look, walk in the light because that's the place where we have fellowship and where you have fellowship together. We walk in the light. We have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. It, it, it's the things that we try to hide away, that we refuse to share. It's those secret places. It's the hurts. It's the things that we keep in the darkness. Those are the things that keep us isolated. And those are the things that eat away at us from the inside out. Honesty and truth and openness, they, they keep us in the light. Confession is actually a gift of God to us. And according to God, it's one of the ways that we're able to remain in fellowship with Him and with one another. But but to do that actually means we have to be open and honest, right? I, I mean, like, that's hard. Can we just admit that? Like, like that is really kind of scary of a place because because that means I got to let people in. And that means people might find out that I'm not as good as maybe I think they think I am. Okay, or they might find out I'm not as perfect as I kind of put on before them. That, like there's some stuff that might be exposed there. Love is risky. Okay, that's that we don't like to put on the table. But love is risky because love and, and loving does not guarantee that you will not get hurt. In fact, it probably means that you will. How should we understand that? Well, because we look at Jesus. Right? I love the story of Jesus because Jesus invites 12 guys in to be his closest friend, right? to walk with him, to know him. To, to, he shares his life with him. He's transparent, honest, open with him. One of his friends, Judas, sells him out, betrays him, gives him up unto death. And, and, and just bails on one of his closest friends, Peter, right? I mean, the guy who was like 
Jesus, nothing's going to happen to you. I got you. You're my boy, Jesus. I got your back. Jesus is like, look, I'm going to die. Peter's like, not on my watch. You're not going to die. I'll pick po- up this sword. I'll slay some guys, right? Nothing's going to happen to you, Jesus. And then when Jesus needs him the most, when Jesus is going through the hardest time of his life, where's Peter? I don't even know this Jesus that you speak of. He's denying him. He's like calling curses upon himself. And then he's running along with all of Jesus' other friends. And that's Jesus' crew. It makes me feel good, you know, like in some ways. I'm like, man. <laughs> and I'm like, man, Jesus, you know how to pick them, you know. Um, but but these, were, these were the people that Jesus was close to. And, and if I had to guess this morning, I would bet that everyone in this room has been hurt or disappointed or let down or, or offended by a brother or sister in Christ. And, and if you're here this morning and you have it, I would say, give it a little bit longer right like because not because we're not perfect right because we all fail we're we're not going to get it all right we're not going to say it all right i've said this to you guys many times from the stage i continue to say it like like i i am going to fail you and let you down at some point in time if i have not already okay and and it's not because i want to it's because i'm not perfect And neither are you. And so, so we're going to fail each other at times. We're going to miss along the way. Love hurts with us. Risk. And, and it's in the midst of that that we have this great opportunity to love. This great opportunity both for us to humbly repent and, and seek forgiveness if we've done wrong. And also for us to extend grace and mercy and forgiveness for those of us who have been hurt instead of holding on to bitterness and offense and, and against those, sometimes with people that don't even know that they have, right? Because th- th- that's what love looks like. That's how Jesus loves us. It tells us in First John that, that while we were still sinners, while we were still against God, he was busy loving us. This is love, not that you love God, but that he loved you and sent his that's what Jesus did. He loved us when we didn't earn it or deserve it. And he turns around and he says, love like me. Let your love be true. Let it be sincere. Let it be genuine. Here's the second thing, the second way we love. We love faithfully. We, we love faithfully. Romans 12 verse 10 says, be devoted to one another. That, that word devoted means to dedicate yourself exclusively to one another. It implies faithfulness and loyalty and consistency. It, it means to be committed. Lo- loving one another means that, that we are committed to one another. It means making one another a priority. When the Bible talks about the early church, it tells us about a group of people who were so passionate about Jesus together, who were so close and invested uh, in one another. It says that they met together Daily, that's what it says. They were together every day that they made one another a priority. And then the writer of Hebrews picks up on this in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. And he says, listen, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as we see the day of Christ 
approaching. He's like, look, guys, like this seems good. Like what we're doing is good, but let's not stop doing this. This matters. This is important. We need this for our life, for what God's wanting to do in us and for the sake of what God wants to do in the world. And so let us do it and let us do it even more as the day that Christ is coming is drawing near. And I don't know if you know this or not, but you and I right now are more than 2,000 years closer to that time than they were. And so sometimes I, I read that and I, it just it convicts me because I, I just go like, man, what does that mean for us today? If the encouragement to say, let's do this and more. And I'm going like, yeah, I think I'm. Are you committed to your brothers and sisters in the Lord? Are you showing up? Are you investing in them, encouraging them? God's word tells us that loving one another means being devoted. And of course it does because that's how God is towards us, right? Like in Matthew 28, 20, when Jesus is getting ready to go, he says, listen, surely I'm with you always, okay? In Hebrews chapter 13, 5, God says, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. We sometimes think about things like like, like in a marriage, like till death do us part. And we're like, whoa, that's a serious commitment. I'm committing to this person for my life. God looks at us and he says, I'm committing for you, to you for this life and the life forever that that's a commitment that's god's god's like look i'm committed to you Uh, uh, i'm not leaving you i'm not abandoning you i'm not going to quit on you i'm going to be with you always my love for you is not just in a moment it's not even is forever and one of my favorite passages is second timothy 2 13 where god says to us even if you are unfaithful i will remain uh, that is, like God's like, look, even if you're not doing it, I'm going to. Even if you're not pursuing me, I'm pursuing. Even if you're not loving me, I'm loving. Even when you're not doing the things I've told you, I'm going to keep doing the things that I said I would do. Because he's that good. That's devotion, right? When, when I read that in the language of this is sort of a marital kind of language. And I, I, I remember that day. And I remember standing across from my wife and making these vows and these commitments to her. And, and like, I don't know if you've ever really thought about those uh, for those of you who are married in the room, but like we say really serious stuff, you know, but like, like one of the things that we tend to say is for better or for worse. Now, I, I don't know about you, but I, I think like everyone's down for the better. Yeah. Few of us are down for the worse. We don't, we don't, when we say this, we don't even know what we're saying. Right? What is better and what is worse? We don't even know what that means. But God's like, look, this is, this is what love and devotion and, and commitment is like. Okay? And listen, I, I'm not saying here that, that, that by being devoted means that there aren't times for us to leave relationships. Okay? So if you hear that, it's like, well, I just have to do what I, that's not what it. That's not what it means. Well, the, the essence, though, the heartbeat of Scripture, right, is that is that devotion has a stickiness to it. It, there's a committedness to it. It is faithful, and it's faithful because God is. And so Jesus turns and he says, look, I want you to love each other in, as a reflection of the way I love you. I, I, I want the way you are to one another to look like how I am to you. And, and, and oftentimes it's just easy for us to be like, yeah, no. <laughs> right? Like, that's a little much, Jesus. Right? I, I, I think, like, like if we're honest, it's like, I, how many, who do I want to really walk through life with? I mean, like, people are hard. <laughs> right? 
I, I mean, and, and like that means I got to walk through some things. If I'm going to be committed to you, I actually have to walk through hard things with you. I'm going to have to be uncomfortable sometimes. I'm going to have to be vulnerable. I'm going to have to be honest. I'm going to have to be gracious and humble and patient and perseverant and all these kinds of things. And this is probably going to hurt me a little bit. And who wants that? I think it's hard enough to commit ourselves to the people we actually really like. Yeah? Much, much less some people we don't. People are hard. People are hard to love because let's just be honest, people are, are selfish. They can be. People, people can be really judgmental. People can be easily offended and short-tempered. People can be really irritating and annoying and opinionated and frustrating, right? And, and, and as I say this, it's like people just popping off in your mind. I'm talking about you. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like when, when you hear those words, you're like, yep, so, yep, 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 right? And it's like, no, no, no. Like, come back to you for a minute. Like that, that's all of us. Okay. And given the right moment and the right time and whatever, right. That, that's, that's us. And so when each of us, when we met Jesus, right, we met a God who was perfect and like, it's amazing. It's like, well, I got this perfect God who loves me perfectly. Who's always faithful. Who's always true. Who's always good. Right. And then Jesus put me into the church and I showed up to a bunch of people who aren't perfect. Right. I, I showed up to a bunch of people who have hurts, who are different, who have struggles, who have wounds, who have hardships, who have burdens, people who have needs, people who, who don't, oh, I don't always like, people who don't aren't into the same things that I'm necessarily into or doing the same things. And God's like, here you go. Here's your family. Love them. Right? It, it's kind of like your own family, right? Like the family you grew up in. And that's for me, the best way I understand it. Like I got brothers and sisters. I love them. I didn't pick them. You know, like I might've picked you, you know, I might have been like, can I trade so-and-so? Give me math. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> team, my brother Brad, love you. You're out. Okay. Um, give me this one, right? Like, because we don't pick our family. Like, like, God plants us in there. Like, somehow God knew, though, that they were meant to be our family. He makes his family and says, commit yourself to one another. And, and, and commitment's a big deal because without it, we'd never be able to walk through hard things together. If it wasn't commitment, if it wasn't God, if it wasn't his love, we would just give up all the time. We'd just walk away because it'd be too hard. I, I don't know if you've ever experienced this or not, but but there is a, a depth of relationship. There, there is a deeper level of relationship that you experience with someone that you've walked through hard things. Anybody experience that in their life? Like, like if you've ever had somebody that you've journeyed through just a really hard season, hard things in your life, or maybe it was even a person you had conflict with, but you, but you stuck it out with them. Like, like you endured. It's like you have a greater appreciation for that person and a deeper relationship with them because you were willing to go there. And that love, well, goes deeper. That's where we really grow together through the hard things. And it takes commitment to endure because that's what love looks like. So God says to us, listen, brothers and sisters, love one another by being devoted, being committed, being faithful to one another. Here's the last one. How we love one another. We love selflessly. Paul tells us at the end of Romans uh, 12 verse 10 says, honor one another above yourselves. What does that mean? Well, well, to honor, I value you as someone who is precious and necessary. I value you as a person who is precious and necessary, and I treat you 
that way. Okay? It means that I see you and I treat you for who God says that you really are. This is important. I treat you, I see you, and I treat you as the person God says that you really are without stumbling over the person you are currently not. You hear me on that? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not evaluating you from like, well, from my perspective. No, this is who God, and I'm going to treat you like God said to you. With my words, with my actions. Think about this. Paul says this crazy thing. He says, above yourself. This is the idea that, that like love, like I'm seeking to lift you up higher than I am. I, my, my goal is that you're further, that you're better, that, that you have what you need. And I'll do that even to, to my own hurt as long as I can get you up higher. The, the, the world says uh, like get honor. God's word says give honor. The, the focus is not on me. The focus is on them. It's not on serving myself. It's on serving them. It's on how I can lift up my brother or sister, right? How I can encourage them, how, how I can bless them. This means that I'm loving like Jesus, who though Jesus is the king of the whole world, the king of the universe, he made all of it. He enters into human history, right? And then what does it say about him? It says that, he says, listen, but I, the son of man, came not to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. And then we see the same Jesus. He gets down on his knees and he washes his disciples' feet. And then he looks, he turns and looks at his disciples and says, you see what I've done for you? That's how you are to be for one another. That's what I want you to do for one another. Love serves and it gives and it pours out and it sacrifices and it's, it's humble. Right? The, the Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave. That, that, that's, the, that's the expression of love. Love Love gives. Love's not in it for itself, right? for the sake of self. Love, love's in it for the sake of others. And we're free to give to others when we're filled with the love of God. See, see, when I'm not filled with the love of God, I need you to fill that love void for me. But when I'm filled by the love of God, I'm free to love you. I'm free to honor you. I'm free to lift you up because I've got what I need from him. Philippians 2, 3, and 4 says it like this. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourself. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. I, I read that and I just go, man, imagine if that's what the people of God were like. Imagine if we didn't spend all our time worrying about ourselves and our lives and our wants and our needs and we spent more time considering what was good for other people. Considering what would bless them, putting, even putting them before our own personal gain. When's the last time that you've heard of someone doing or not doing something for the sake of their community? But like when they started there, it's like, I, I could have this, buy this, go here, whatever. But, but you know what? I, I don't think that would be good for them. I'm considering what would be good for them. I'm considering how I'm going to lift them up. And, and, and again, this is supernatural because it is not a natural way for us to be. We do not naturally love. We need God to change. Naturally, we're just going to always lean to self. And, 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 and so then we find ourselves in a place where I can't say yes to you and I can't say yes to the Lord because I can't say no to me. When God's love fills me, I'm actually free to say yes to you. Because I have what I need. Right? 
God is inviting us into a life that's free from the obsession and empty pursuit of self. And, and I love what what um, John writes when, when he says that then and his love is complete in us. When we do this, his love is made complete in us. And I was thinking about that. I'm like, that's kind of weird, like, isn't it? But what really what he's revealing to us, what he's conveying to us is the economy of the kingdom of God. Because the, the economy of the world, that, like to have more, you have to get more. But like you need to get it. And God's economy to have more is to give more. Right? Like giving is the way by which you receive. And, and here, it's like you gotta you gotta accumulate, you gotta grab it up for yourself. God's like, no, no, no. The more you give, the more whole you the, the more that you are loving, the more the love of God actually continues. And why? Why is that so important? Why why this commandment of God? We'll, we'll go back to John 13, right? Jesus said, so that they all the world may know that you're my disciples if you love one another. God has a plan that he wants to reach and to save the world. And, and I'm sorry to burst your bubble, but you are not the plan. Okay? Like I know sometimes we think about ourselves, we're like, man, God's got a plan for my life and he's going to do this great work for me. And he does. But you individually, you are not the plan. We collectively, the church of God, the sons and daughters of God together are his plan to reach the world. God's intention the community is not simply that you and I aren't going to be alone or have something to do on the weekend. Right? God's design for relationship and his commandment for us to love one another is that through us together, through our togetherness, through our loving one another, that the world would see his incredible love and grace and truth. That Jesus would be put on this shaper once said that the Christian community is the final apologetic of the gospel. And this is something that we see in Scripture because the early church in Acts chapter 2, uh, if you read about that, it talks about how they devoted themselves to Jesus and they pursued him and they were together and all these things. But that, that passage of Scripture ends in, in Acts 2.47 and it says, And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. But that, that was the goal. That was the purpose. That was the intention. That, that as they did as they came together to love God and love one another, that God was adding to those, those who would be saved. Why? Because they witnessed the love of God amongst the people of God. The love for God. Our love for one another is meant to be a display to the world of how God loves. And that, that, that's the invitation of God to us. It's not just like, hey guys, love each other. It's like, hey guys, I want us to reach and save them. And I, I've actually made you to display me again. So it's a big deal for us. I'm going to have Brandy and the band come back up and close. But I just want to say this. If you're here this morning and, and you think that the whole point of my message is just to say, go love better, okay? Um, then, then you're missing this, okay? The, the point above everything else is that you need to be connected to Jesus. The, the point uh, above all is that you need to receive his great love for you. Because if you're receiving his love, then you will love. You won't be able to help yourself because God's love has so filled you because God is love. And once you're connected to him and once you're loved by God, you will love with God's love. It's just who you become. So my prayer for us is that we would be a people who grow 
in God's love, that we would know his love to us, and in turn, that we would be a people who love one another for the sake of the world, for the sake of those who do not yet know him. That we would love one another truthfully, faithfully, and selflessly for the glory of God. Last thing. One of the ways that for us as a, as a church that, that we seek to practice and grow in this is, is via our community group. Okay? It, 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 is, it is the space by which we seek to practice the one another's description. The things that God has invited us into. And again, like, like we, we have small groups that meet every week. You know, maybe we'll get to a place where they meet every day. Uh, but for now, they meet every week. And I know for most of us, we're like, whew, that's a lot. But, but this is an invitation to commit yourself to the people of God, to the family of God, for the sake of your own growth, but for the sake of theirs as well, and, and for the sake of the world. That God wants to grow us in our relationships. And so one of the things you should have got when you walked in uh, was, a, was a, a list of community groups. Those groups are going to be starting up uh, the week of the 15th or the 22nd, just depending on the group leader and their availability. There may be some other groups that are starting up as well, uh, but these are the ones that we have for sure right now. And I just want to invite you to, to sign up. I want to invite you to take that step and just to, to get be risky, right? To, to enter into what it means to love one another. And that's going to be our focus. Our focus for the season of community groups is simply that, is community, is knowing and loving one another, sharing together, encouraging one another in the faith. For the sake of the gospel. Does that sound all right? Yeah? Okay, it's not easy, okay? It's not easy. And maybe you're even here and you're like, man, I had a bad experience with that. Okay? I'm not. You might have. I'm going to ask you to be bold and step back in again. To, to walk through that. To see what God wants to do. And there's opportunity for us. There's opportunity for us as a church. Not just... God and His love, but to experience His love via one another in a way where we're changed in the world. Would you guys stand with me? I'm just going to pray for us. We're going to close with this song. I, I want to encourage you too, if you're here this morning, and if you were honest, you just say, you know what? I'm not so sure that I've received God's love for me. That, that even as we pray, that you just ask Him, Lord, would you just reveal Your love? God, would you show me Your love? Let's pray. Father, thanks for this morning. Thanks for this time. Thank you for your word. God, I thank you for your church. Father, I thank you for the family, for brothers and sisters. God, I pray that, Lord, every single one of us would know your love for us. God, that we would walk in your love. God, that, that, that we would know what it means to be loved of the Father. God, that we would pour out that love upon one another. God, that, that we would love one another in the ways that, that we speak about and to one another, that we love one another in the way that we treat one another. God, that we love one another with the truth, that we love one another in our devotion. God, that we sacrifice on behalf of one another for each of our But God, I pray that even greater than that and above that, God, I pray that our love, many would come to know you. God, that because of together, that, that your name would be exalted and lifted.
high. And that just as you did in the book of Acts, God, that, that you would add to our number those who are being saved. God, would you just do a work in us? Help us to see one another the way that you see. God, help us to respond and treat one another the way that you do to us. God, you are good, worthy, true, faithful. Bless you, Lord. Have your way in us in Jesus' name.